I thought you said there wasn't gonna be no music this week. Uh, no, like, I didn't write any, like, record, well, like, make anything this this week. Here, Katie, we're not going to, like, jump down your throat. <laughs> no, 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 she doesn't write no music. She presses buttons on an iPad. That's what happens, okay? Now, I appreciate that level of, of self-awareness, Katie. <sighs> okay, right. Uh, anyway, yeah, so, like, that music is on, like, the app thing that we're putting this out on. I didn't, I didn't make anything. Oh! though katie you should absolutely keep doing it i mean it's like you know it's original stuff buttons on an ipad people buttons on an ipad okay so so lockdown chloe is 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 mean like like really mean like like i think i might have a little cry right now and, and lockdown katie makes jokes interesting interesting how the social distancing is 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 really showing up different sides to people's personalities isn't it it never ceases to amaze me that like you can trim the eye out of so many words it's a skill I'm not going to lie Clina I'm not going to lie I like I don't know if it goes on a CV but I'll probably put it on there anyway just in case like a future employer needs to know about it you know an excellent call if I, if I do say so myself <laughs> <laughs> anyway um so like yeah hey we'll 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 get started um I guess um we're, you know, uh, we're still all socially distant. The, the, the whole virus situation is, is still ongoing at the minute. Hope everybody at home is, is washing their hands and staying in and all that kind of stuff. You know, trying try not to kill their, their immediate families, if, if at all possible. Oh my God, your dad has like stopped trying to go to the pub cleaner, right? Yeah, yeah, he stopped with the whole wanting to go to the pub yeah, situation. Like I have him argued down to shouting hello out the front door to people passing by, you know, who are like walking their dogs and stuff. I'm considering setting up a Skype booze up for him and his brother um my cousins got on to me yesterday to say that they're ready to kill my uncle as well so like it might be the only way to prevent further bloodshed further bloodshed should should we be concerned well there was a dead bird in the front garden yesterday i'm i'm personally treating the circumstances as suspicious like we'll need the autopsy results before we can move forward with the investigation but yeah i think it's all highly suspect like, I'm not being weird or nothing, but like, Kleena, you're not going cutting up a board, right? You're you're not going to do that. I'm fairly <laughs> sure that was a joke. So yeah, yeah, I'm not at the stage yet where I'm opening animal carcasses for just for you know something to do. Okay, good, because like I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> right, anyway, how's, how's everybody else dealing with the the whole uh, situation? Well. I accidentally wore my sister's jeans yesterday and my mom had to like physically pull her off me. Whoa. Yeah, it was it was a dark chapter in the O'Leary household. Jesus. I don't think I've seen my brother for like the whole time I've been home. Oh my god, like you just see him at dinner. <laughs> um, um no, we we don't really do the whole uh, dinner thing. Uh, my folks are, are dealing with pretty mental errors right now, but like even before that we didn't like sit down together or anything, you know, cuz they'd be at the hospital and stuff. What what do your folks do, Sarah? You never said, like, Chloe. <laughs> no, it's grand. Like, um, yeah, my mom works in the hospital lab and my dad's a nurse. Um, so, like, the patients are technically their, their real children. Uh, me and Derek are kind of their demanding lodgers, you know. It is hard, though, you know. Like, even, like, with my mom volunteering, you know, it's not the same. But, you know, like, you know, my poor dad, he just, he's completely lost. You know, like, if Ty wasn't such a good cook, I swear I don't know how he'd have coped over these last couple of weeks. Hmm. 
Fauteuil can cook as well. Sergeant. Interesting. Very, very, very interesting indeed. Roll your tongue back in there, Chloe. What if, uh, you know, the South Korean contingent are listening? They won't like to hear that. They might get the wrong idea. Oh my God, like, I know you're messing, but like, wouldn't it be amazing if like they were listening right now and decided like that they needed me as like a personal assistant slash wife slash sort of in-house stripper situation? More than you just are, 50 like, years of feminism just like, completely yeah. slashed. It, like everything that's wrong with the world, Chloe, I swear to God. Here, here, it's not like I was out queuing up for no fish and chips at the weekend. You know, I have my priorities straight, you know? Come on now. Oh my God, though, did you see that? It was, oh, so stupid. Yeah, I have to make sure that like my dad doesn't see any of that stuff like there's no way I'd have been able to convince him that social distancing is a real thing if people were you know still going to Glendalough <laughs> yeah like my ma has all that with my nanny Ruth at the minute she wants to go down to bingo with her nebulizer and everything like rolling behind her ma has to go down and do like pretend bingo with her and my aunties on a zoom meeting it's, it's actually it's, it's pretty funny actually <laughs> oh from, from like the front room sort of yeah like me ma has the balls like it's we had a we had like a board game sort of bingo thing so she brings that down and does it over like the the laptop and all they love it <laughs> <laughs> so it's like business as usual for you guys and chloe did you figure out who was going to put on that wash in the end oh did i not tell you ah oh, here you would have been proud of us we sat down and talked about it well like we didn't sit down or like talk you know we shouted at each other from either end of the stairs but like it's the same difference we turned out that ma can't handle it's the hanging up to dry situation that she can't deal with and you know but for me it's collecting all the bollock and stuff in the first place so we split it up equal distribution of labor no need to call in the union rep oh or nothing handled <laughs> our little claw claw she's growing up oh god girl <laughs> oh my god dude seriously and, uh, and in the middle of all of this we were uh, we were able to get another book under our belts oh yeah we're, we're pros at this stage <laughs> yeah, exactly so um as we said last week we're going to be talking about Jane Austen for the next little while probably about six weeks or so Elsie uh, will be off work till then so she should be uh, able to, to you know manage all of this during that uh, that time yeah but like provided she isn't like wasting too much time dancing around a spare room in her pajamas like Chloe you sent us like three separate videos of you dancing around your bedroom last night seriously yeah my bedroom not no spare room I'm normal okay I didn't have to take my top off because I got too sweaty she's a freak Elsie's a freak oh, of nature that's a good point you're talking about anyway um, so we're going to be talking about uh, Jane Austen so um, in the interest of everybody being on the same page uh, we wanted to get a little author biography in here uh, Kleena what say you to uh, reading the, uh, the thing I just sent you oh yeah sure sounds good uh, yeah um, Jen Austen, 1775 to 1817, was an English novelist known for Sense and Sensibility, Pride and Prejudice, Mansfield Park, Emma, Northanger Abbey and Persuasion. Though she published her works anonymously, Austen was so successful that she enjoyed personal and professional independence uncommon to women in Georgian middle class society. Born into a family of modest means, Austen brought humour, intelligence and a cynical snap to her heroines and her subject matter, which subverted the expectations of the popular and sentimental romances of the era. Her audacious social commentary and sophisticated realism won Austen approval from upper class opinion makers as well as the readers. But it was Austen's witty and ironic observations of class and gender divisions that were so distinctive. and today so influential and universal. With a lasting impact on popular culture, Austen's canon of work still holds a mirror to each new generation of readers. 1817, Jesus. Yeah, she was only 42 when she died. Yeah, it was like super common back then though, like people dying of like the common cold and stuff. Here, girls, I mean, 
Come on, it's not that different to what's happening right now. Oh, God, Chloe, no, don't. Seriously, dude, I hate when people start off with all that, oh, they're for the grace of God soundbite thing. Like, it's just to make people feel like they're important or something. Jesus, Katie, I was only saying, Christ. No, no, like, I know you're not, like, like that, but, like, like, you remember, like, there's always that one group of girls in school or whatever that, like, threw out those stupid one-liners, like, oh, you know, oh... To the world, you might be one person, but to one person, you might be the world. Oh, stars can't shine without the darkness. Oh, yeah. You you are braver than you believe, stronger than you seem, smarter than you think, and loved more than you'll ever know. Oh, that one genuinely assumes that I am too dumb to know my own potential. Like, seriously. Emil, man. What, what, what would he even know? Okay, like, I was going to let this slide, but that is Piglet's dad. Okay, you can't talk about him like that. <laughs> yes, seriously. Yes. <laughs> yes. Why Piglet, like? <laughs> um, but yeah, sound bites and all. Um, we uh, we had some preconceptions going into reading some Austin, right? Uh, is that not the case with you guys? Yeah, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. No, like I was super excited to reread the books. You know, like I, I read them all when I was in primary school. Of Carth, you did, yeah. What? It's not unusual. <sighs> You CTYI kids, seriously. Uh, that's uh, the Centre for Talented Youth Ireland. Uh, for anyone who's not uh, familiar with the term, uh, our Saoirse having been among their uh, illustrious number. What? It's just a nice, fun thing to do. You go to a college, you meet some awesome people, you learn a bunch of stuff. What's not to love? This is not a weird thing. The average salary of the attendees' parents is, uh, is something to question, I think. No, it's, it's not like that. Honestly, like, anybody can join. It's oh, not no. Let's maybe get off this topic. Um, yeah, anybody else have anything to, to add on what they thought going into the whole uh, reading Jane Austen situation? Uh, like, I thought it was going to be, like, super fluffy. You know, just love and marriage and nothing else. But, like, in fairness, that stuff in the bio was pretty bang on. There was a lot of, like taking shots at the gender role situation maybe not as like direct as i'd like i'd kind of like she kind of like accepted stuff wasn't fair but like still wanted to point it out i'd have preferred if it was a bit more like angry and like aimed at changing things Mm, you want charlotte bronte for that no really no oh yeah she never stops with the whole feminist agenda saoirse were you just like just there were you being a bit of a bitch (laughs) Kind of. <laughs> what? Oh my god, I knew this day would come Devastating. Um, um, Chloe, do you want to talk about, yeah, your anything, anything, anything? Uh, yes, I would. Thank you, Sarah. Um, I, like Katie, was also apprehensive. I thought I thought there was going to be loads of big words, um, like real big words, and, and I'd need to look them up all the time. But did you know that your Kindle like looks up words if you press them? <laughs> really good though but like yeah like once you get through the like first chapter like it's grand I flew through it yeah same for me yeah I was real keen to kind of see what all the fuss was about fuss I mean it's not like it's Animal Crossing man yeah that's a good point it's it's a lot better whoa controversial (laughs) but yeah I know that like there are books that like most people have read or like a lot of people have read anyway and like I wanted to see if they were like classics in that like they still apply and are really enjoyable regardless of being written like ages ago or like they're classics in the way that like people just read them to feel smart (laughs) and Kind of bought. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, like it's, it was like having a catch up with like a friend. Like if if your friend lived in the eighteen hundreds. No, no, no. I get what you mean. Like 
I kind of thought the same. Like all the characters are like super vivid. You feel like you're in the room with them. Yeah, like and they're they're stupid and like wrong and bitchy and stuff, just like we are. Ahem. <laughs> oh my god, seriously, it's like two for two. I'm gonna need to calm right down. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the uh, the book we we chose to start off with was uh, was Sense and Sensibility. Um, Pride and Prejudice might be Austin's like most famous book, but there's something yeah there's there's something in particular we want to do with that, so we're going to leave that for another few weeks, if that's quite all right with our listeners. Um, but um, to introduce this book, um, who's got the blurb? Katie, was yeah, it you? Yeah, you sent it to me. Um, yeah, here. Um, okay, Sense and Sensibility. Um, in its marvelously perceptive portrayal of two young women in love, Sense and Sensibility is the answer to those critics and readers who believe that Jane Austen's novels, despite their perfection of form and tone, lack strong feeling. Its two heroines, so utterly unlike each other, both undergo the most violent passions when they are separated from the men they love. What differentiates them and gives this extraordinary book its complexity and brilliance is the way each expresses her suffering. Marianne, young, impetuous, ardent, falls into paroxysms of grief. Did I say that right? Paroxysms? Yeah. Oh my God. Class. (laughs) Falls into paroxysms of grief when she is rejected by the dashing John Willoughby, while her sister Eleanor, wiser, more sensible, more self-controlled, masks her despair when it appears that Edward Ferrers is to marry the mean-spirited and cunning Lucy Steele. Of course, it all ends happily, but not until Eleanor's sense and Marianne's sensibility uh, oh, have equally worked to reveal the profound emotional life that runs beneath the surface of Austin's immaculate and irresistible art. So, like, did a fangirl write that, or what's the story? <laughs> well, I mean, like, do you disagree? No, no, I do not. Um, I just, I just don't remember me girl Marianne's blurbs being that love bummy, you know? It's a bit weird. Don't authors write those themselves, though? So, like... This is a reprinting because, you know, obviously Jane Austen's been dead for several centuries. Um, but if a blurb like that was on a novel by someone like Marion Keyes, she'd have written it herself, which, like, I, I don't think she would do because she's she's kind of sound like that. Seriously, is there is there anything you don't know? There might not be. Three for three. Snatching wigs up in here, Sarah. <laughs> but no, like seriously, isn't this book just gorgeous? Yeah, I milled through it. Like two days took me to read it. Not even. Yeah, same for me. Like it was so nice like to just go to a lovely orderly place where no one's shouting at anyone from the kitchen about where their cans of Guinness are. <laughs> uh, dearest, uh, I wonder if you would join me uh, this evening in, in a can of Guinness. So so soon after luncheon, Catherine, you, you surely cannot be serious. Oh, Cleona, why must you live your life according to these conventions set out by others? What greater felicity could there be than to crack open a can of delightful stout in these uncertain oh, times? Ah, sister, you must think of our social standing. We, we have but 20 euro between us. If we are to live, one of us must marry. Oh, very well. And drinking stout at six o'clock in the day will doubtless hinder our marriage prospects do you not agree I think you guys broke Sersha <laughs> so good <laughs> I'm disappointed that no one said anything about Michaelmas oh that would have been good no. <laughs> why does stuff always have to get done by Michaelmas in books like this I genuinely don't know like I, do, I don't even know when it is Oh, 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 that was one of the things I looked up because I thought it was a typo and that they were talking about Christmas but no no it's at the end of September 29th of September it is so, you know, that's another bank holiday that, you know, they're trying to do us out of. 
just thought I'd just thought I'd mention that. Thanks for reminding me, Stacia. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so let's let's go. Uh, things we enjoyed. <gasps> oh, the characters were just oh yeah, everybody in it was class. Sorry, like and there there wasn't like loads of characters. You sort of felt like you got to know everybody in the book like real well in in a fairly short space of time. Yeah, it was something I noticed actually. Like reading it, the the way it's written, like you get introduced to a new character, right? Like there'd be a description of the person and like all, all that kind of stuff then some plot stuff would happen and that'd get run through pretty quickly you just kind of get told what's going on where the girls are at that kind of thing but then there'd be like a scene with like a bunch of dialogue that like showed up who that person was really clearly based on like their interactions with each other like I kind of thought like maybe the book was going to be like all dialogue and stuff um but it's pretty it's like really tight the way it's put together like that you get this introduction you get the setting the place and then yeah you get these kind of vignettes ah hair yeah (laughs) Um, but yeah like these 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 scenes where you get to see who that person really is and make up your own mind about them yeah that was that was all pretty cool yeah actually we we were talking about this before the show and came up with a couple of of examples of yeah vignettes like that Katie I appreciate you let's let's legitimize that term <laughs> but no that was so much fun though to like oh yeah just finding those passages oh so nice well in in the spirit of of that niceness would you like to start us off then Sersha oh already um okay um oh, oh my goodness um so I I guess if we start off with um Eleanor and Marianne um so they're clearly the sisters at the center of the book we talked about that before um Eleanor is 20 I think and Marianne is 17 um they have zero money um and are going to have to get married and you know soon in order to like be able to live any kind of like normal life um in the example that we chose um the two girls are talking about Edward Ferrers and um, he's mentioned in, in the blurb there as well. So he's a gentleman that um, Eleanor is interested in, in her lovely, polite way. Um, and Marianne thinks he's, um, well, um, boring. She's not wrong. Oh, <laughs> it's mean. But um, in an effort to, you know, spice the whole thing up, Marianne and um, the girl's mother have uh, decided on their own, um, no one has told them this, but they've decided on their own that Eleanor and Edward are absolutely, definitely going to get married and it genuinely couldn't be farther from the truth. Um, so this is what happens when Eleanor tries to set Marianne straight. Um... I do not attempt to deny, said Eleanor, that I think very highly of him, that I greatly esteem, that I like him. Marianne here burst forth with indignation. Esteem him? Like him? Cold-hearted Eleanor. Oh, worse than cold-hearted. Ashamed of being otherwise. Use those words again and I will leave the room this moment. Eleanor could not help laughing. Excuse me, said she, and be assured that I mean no offence to you by speaking in so quiet a way of my own feelings. Believe them to be stronger than I have declared. Believe them, in short, to be such as his merit and the suspicion, the hope of his affection for me may warrant, without imprudence or folly. But farther than this, you must not believe. I am by no means assured of his regard for me. There are moments when the extent of it seems doubtful until his sentiments are fully known. You cannot wonder at my wishing to avoid any encouragement of my own partiality by believing or calling it more than it is. In my heart, I feel little, scarcely any doubt of his preference. But there are points to be considered besides his inclination. 
Oh, it's very good, though, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it is pretty cool, though, that Eleanor's character, like, challenges the idea that, like, the, the second you feel something big for someone, you know, it's grounds for obsession. She's she she's not really down for that, which which I really like. Yeah, I thought that as well. Like, the way Marianne goes on, I thought, like, that's how the whole of the book was going to be. Um, like, it was going to be lots of, you know, heaving bosoms under a, a veneer of propriety. Did you... Did you think of that before the show and write it down to to say? No. You wrote something down that was clever to say and heaving bosoms was part of it. I, I didn't I didn't write anything down to say. It sounds a lot like you, you wrote it down there, Kay. Sorry, dude. Like heaving bosoms. Seriously, Kay. But but no, the thing about the veneer of propriety, it actually doesn't really apply to Marianne. She's she's like that all the time. It doesn't matter who she's with. <laughs> yeah. She's like proper rude to people she doesn't like. Like she doesn't answer her sister-in-law most of the time because, you know, she's a massive bitch. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We should probably say actually that it's the girl's sister-in-law that like essentially kicks the girls out of their home after like their father dies. The sister-in-law is married to the girl's half-brother so he gets the house because it's a male entailment situation. And yeah, sister-in-law is is a thundering bitch and she uh, convinces him to get rid of the girls and not give them any money to live on or anything. It's pretty, it's pretty grim. And I mean, are we just going to skip past the fact that the sister-in-law's name is Fanny or... Okay, who had 21 minutes into the podcast for the Fanny discussion? <gasps> oh, 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 me, me, I did. Oh my God, what do I win? You had a sweepstakes going on when I was going to bring this up. We're only human, Chloe, dude, seriously. No, no, like really though, what do I win? The, the satisfaction of being right, that's all. Like no, no stupid kind of embarrassing penalty thing that Chloe has to do twerk for 30 straight seconds and take a video of it no Saoirse I'd do that anyway how is that a penalty yeah I was going to say actually and just so that we're clear this whole wig snatching Saoirse lockdown business it's not that nice when she does it to you oh Chloe I'm so sorry (laughs) (laughs) but um yeah I I I read up on this well like you know I looked it up on Wikipedia but um yeah it turns out that yeah Fanny is it's a shortened form of Francis or Stephanie you know it's it's no longer in use, obviously, for 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 the reasons that, that we're all thinking of right now. Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. So you're saying, so you are saying that I could have been calling Steph that works up in Spar, Fanny, for the past three years and nobody told me. <laughs> no, like if you you'd taken the that. time to read Sense and Sensibility before now. D- d- details, Kleena, details. Oh my God, I have so much lost time to make up for. Like, Fanmeister General. <laughs> No, that's not great. Um, fanny face. Oh, Big geez. old fanny over there. I, I, I need to sit down with a notebook and, and think about this properly. Yeah, like those aren't exactly your best work. I can do better, can't I? I know you can, fam. I believe in you. Okay, Saoirse, Saoirse, bitch lockdown Saoirse. That right there. That's real French. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but yeah, maybe, maybe to get us back on topic a little bit. Uh, who who did you guys prefer, uh, Marianne or Eleanor? Oh, well, that's a tough call. Yeah, I don't know, Marianne. <laughs> oh God, Chloe, let's let's move past that. Actually, like I've been thinking a lot about this. So like, yeah, it's really hard to tell, Chloe, that like 
Eleanor was like super class in like the way she was super logical and didn't let the romantic side of things like run away with her imagination the way Marianne did. But at the same time, she like played by the rules, you know, she she knew that the whole needing to get married thing just so you could live your life was super unfair. But like she wasn't on for challenging that at all. Like and Marianne, like total, yeah, in love with the idea of being in love, total sad girl aesthetic prototype that she was at least she like had that energy um to like be defiant you know like she didn't like go out to do any mad feminist things or anything but like she she didn't talk to people she didn't want to talk to even when like propriety required it you know and that's that's a a defiant thing and I, I really dug that it's yeah it's it's kind of interesting yeah yeah like Marianne though you know, Eleanor is is clearly, you know, knows the situation better or something, or she, she has a better, I don't know, grasp of, of how to live well. I don't know, I'm not saying that right. But anyway, um Marianne though is is so much more like dynamic or something. She's really compelling as a character to read, even though sometimes you're like, Oh my god, I can't believe you just did that. But like the thing about Eleanor, like with her being so logical and all and being so realistic, it meant that she didn't have support from anyone else. You know, I think that's like that made her a bit more like, I don't know, I cared about her more as a result. Like she 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 needed help, you know? Yeah, that's that's interesting, because like the thing is, when Marianne tries to like break in and force help on Eleanor, Eleanor like pushes her back a lot of the time. It's like Eleanor feels this need, this responsibility almost to like hold the family together. Yeah, well, like she's clearly the only one that knows how to do that. Like her mom is clearly as much of a baby as Marianne. They're constantly like looking to overspend money and and thinking that they can do things that they genuinely can't. Like no one else is watching what money's coming in or making sure that they're not being laughed at around the town and that they're on decent terms with everyone around them. You know, it's, yeah, she is responsible for holding the family together. Yeah, I, I suppose. Um, but like, why why does why does that mean that she needs to push Marianne back when Marianne's like offering emotional support? The best way you know? like that Marianne could help is being as responsible as Eleanor, you know, give her a break, you know, take some of that like burden on but there is there's there's a lot of growth on on that front right during, during, during the book Marianne does do that yeah didn't we find a bit where Marianne's all oh yeah maybe being a sort of Lana Del Rey TikTok sad girl isn't like the best thing for me mental health and and I should do something different well I don't know that we need to read it now since you know you obviously memorized it word for word and, and gave it to us there what no it Oh, uh, oh, you're bleeding hilarious, aren't you? I am. I really, I really, really am, yeah. <laughs> I, I sent it to you there, Chloe. Um, fancy maybe giving us a, a bit of a read there? Actually, if, if that's if that's okay with you, Sarah. Hmm? No, no, guys, this isn't my show anymore. Equal, equal opportunities podcasting right here. It's not weird that we're doing this without being on the radio, though. Hey, People listened last week. Maybe we don't need the radio. I know. Like, how else would we find out, like, if Two Towers One Chain gets back into business when, when all this virus stuff is over? No, oh, I wonder if Jono, like, learned any more editing techniques. Poor old Jono. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so, 
Yeah, let's let's um, let's let's take a look at that excerpt. You, you sent it over there, uh, Sergio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it. Um, so right. So after yeah, that's where this happens. So after the girls and their mom are kicked out of home by Fanny the Fanny, um, they go live in a cottage out in the country. It's only gorgeous, actually, as well, isn't it, girls? <laughs> it's this, oh, it this. shouldn't annoy me as much as it does. Seriously. <laughs> So, so yeah, um, Marianne's out walking one day uh, when it starts raining and she dramatically falls and twists her ankle. <gasps> oh my God. And then lo and behold, a handsome stranger happens upon her and carries her home like some sort of sexy Georgian fireman type gentleman. Did you write that down? Nah, that's all Chloe, I can tell. Well, full disclosure, I did write down Georgian earlier when we were reading the author bio thing. I thought it would come in handy and... Uh, it did. <laughs> we have the Willoughby excerpt as well, actually. Maybe if we read that one first, um, we're kind of going to jump the gun with the, with the other one Sersha would have sent. Uh, what, what do you think, Chloe? Oh, yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, yeah. Did you send it? Yeah, yeah, I sent it just there. I don't have it. I think the servers might be slow. Your Wi-Fi hasn't dropped, has it, Chloe? Uh, how would I be talking to you if I had no Wi-Fi, Katie? Jesus. Uh... Oh, yeah, that's, that's a good point. Shit. I <laughs> know, <laughs> oh, here it is. Uh, thanks, Sarah. Yeah, that's it. Oh, whew. That was close. Right? Um, da, 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 da. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So, at this stage, yeah, Marianne, so Willoughby was the bloke, or sexy Jordan fireman gentleman who rescued our Marianne from certain doom. And um, off the back of that, Marianne's decided that Willoughby is the man of her dreams and he's, he's playing into it. He's all over her all day, every day. And like, it's not that Eleanor disapproves. She thinks that Willoughby's grand, like, but like he's a bit much for her taste, you know. Um, but you know, she can see how that suits Marianne, you know. And given you know that she's the most extra person ever, but like Eleanor feels bad for this other bloke, Colonel Brandon, who is like very very nice, and and he also looks like he's nursing a secret sadness, which which only endears him to her further. Okay, now that that was written down. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it was in the break. It was. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's what Amy says about Josh Rowan. Oh yeah, that's right. It's all connected, lads. But here, are, are we not going to talk about how Colonel Brandon is like 35 and Marianne is 17? Yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of how that was super normal back then. Bit creepy though. Yeah. 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 He's <laughs> <laughs> a good skin though. Like, me girl Eleanor likes him and I trust her judgment, you know. So yeah, right. So here... In this yeah, excerpt, we've got, in this vignette, is that what it was called, Katie? Um, so Eleanor and Willoughby, they're kind of facing off about Colonel Brandon. And we can kind of see how like Marianne and Willoughby, they're already acting like they're a couple. And like when really like nobody said nothing about exclusivity. You know? <laughs> exclusivity. <laughs> what? That's what it's called. All right. Um, okay, yeah. Um, Brandon is just the kind of man, said Willoughby one day when they were talking of him together, whom everybody speaks well of and nobody cares about whom all are delighted to see and nobody remembers to talk to. That is exactly what I think of him, cried Marianne. Do not boast of it, however, said Eleanor, for it is injustice to both of you. He is highly esteemed by all the family at the park and I never see him myself without taking pains to converse with him. That he is patronised by you, replied Willoughby, is certainly in his favour. I thought patronising was bad. No, 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 he means that she talks to him. Why didn't you just say that? Okay. Um, that he is patronised by you, replied Willoughby, is certainly in his favour. But as for the esteem of others, it is a reproach in itself. Who would submit to the indignity of being approved by such a woman as Lady Middleton and Mrs Jennings that could command the indifference of anybody else? 
Oh yeah, quick one. Lady Middleton and Mrs. Jennings live at the big rich person house in the <laughs> town and they're like about crap in a lot of ways but they're nice people like especially Mrs. Jennings. She's only a bleeding legend. Um, okay, so yeah, back to me, girl, Eleanor. All right. But perhaps the abuse of such people as yourself and Marianne will make amends for the regard of Lady Middleton and her mother. If their praise is censure, your censure may be praise, for they are not more undiscerning than you or just prejudiced and unjust. <laughs> what? Me girl and are just out here snatching wigs? Like, <laughs> and I mean, Willoughby just eat down like that. Um, in defence of your protégé, you may even be saucy. That's all say. That's all say. My protégé, as you call him, is a sensible man, and sense will always have attractions for me. Yes, Marianne, even in a man between 30 and 40. See, like, even Marianne thinks it's weird. No, it's super normal. Um, he has seen a great deal of the world, has been abroad, has read and has a thinking mind. I have found him capable of giving me much information on various subjects and he has always answered my inquiries with readiness and good breeding and good nature. That is to say, cried Marianne contemptuously, that he has told you that the East Indies, the climate is hot and mosquitoes are troublesome. He would have told me so, I doubt not, had I made any such inquiries. But they happened to be points on which I had been previously informed. Oh, how Jelena, why are you going to do with all them wigs? Like, for <laughs> real, seriously. Perhaps, said Willoughby, his observations may have extended to the existence of Nabobs, Goldmores and Palanquins. I don't know what none of them are, but I assume they're fancy. Yeah, that's close um, enough. I may venture to say that his observations have stretched much further than your candour. <gasps> oh my God. But why should you dislike him? I do not dislike him. I consider him, on the contrary, as a very respectable man who has everyone's good word and nobody's notice, who has more money than he knows how to spend, more time than he knows how to employ and two new coats every year. Add to which, cried Marianne, that he has neither genius, taste nor spirit, that his understanding has no brilliancy, his feelings no ardour and his voice no expression. You know, just to stop for a second... I kind of understand what Marianne's saying there. Like, normal blokes, they, they just don't do it for me no more next to, like, Jungle Gopa. Like, seriously. You just keep telling yourself whatever you need to, to get through this whole social distancing thing, Chloe. Like, seriously, dude, like, next big night out, we'll see just how much the other lads don't measure up. I, I think we'll be uh, pleasantly surprised. <gasps> oh my God, Katie, don't. Like, what if Opa is listening? Opa, don't mind them. They're just being mean. They're just bitches. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> you just read the rest of the thing. We're nearly done. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. You and his voice, no expression. Yeah, you decide on his imperfections so much in the mass, replied Eleanor, and so much on the strength of your own imagination that the commendation I am able to give him is comparatively cold and insipid. I can only pronounce him to be a sensible man, well bred well-informed, of gentle address, and I believe possessing an amiable heart. Miss Dashwood, cried Willoughby, you are now using me unkindly. You are endeavouring to disarm me by reason and to convince me against my will, but it will not do. You shall find me as stubborn as you can be artful. I have three unanswerable reasons for disliking Colonel Brandon. He threatened me with rain when I wanted it to be fine. He has found fault with the hanging of my coracle, and I cannot persuade him to buy my brown mare. If it will be any satisfaction to you, however, to be told that I believe his character to be in other respects irreproachable, I am ready to confess it. And in return for an acknowledgement which must give me some pain, you cannot deny me the privilege of disliking him as much as ever. Oh, fair play. Fair play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Fair enough. Like, no, seriously, though, like, I know we've done other ones longer than that, but like, 
Did that feel like ages to you as well? <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> no, 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 no. It flew by. No, like, isn't it interesting though that there's like so much of people feeling like they're better than other people in in this book? Just kind of when you were reading that, Chloe, it just sort of struck me a bit. Yes, 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 yes. Say more things like that. <laughs> well, like there in that bit, Marianne and Willoughby, they're like giving it socks that they're better than the women at the park, which is like super mean, especially considering how much Mrs. Jennings has like Marianne's back later on in the book. Yeah, so actually for, for a bit of backstory, the big rich people um, house in the small town where the girls live um, houses Sir John, um, rowdy country gentleman person, and his wife, Lady Middleton, the original yummy mummy. Oh my God, she absolutely is. You can legitimately see her in a Jeep that she doesn't know how to park. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And, like Mrs. Jennings then is, is uh, Lady Middleton's mother. And Kind of like what Chloe would be like if she were 50 and lived in Georgian times, now that I think of it. I am choosing to take that as a compliment. Which is how it was intended. Mm, I thought as much. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, Kleena, back to your uh, excellent point. Huh? Oh, Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So, oh, yeah. So, like... Marianne is clearly like super smart and she kind of feeds off her imagination, you know, and she's like, so she's like kind of living in a dream world a lot of the time, you know, everything is more intense than it actually is. So that's what allows her to have this super intense relationship with your man Willoughby so quickly. But like it also on the other side has her looking down on other people that either don't have that type of imagination at all. They can't live the way she wants to live or they choose not to indulge their imagination to the level that she does. She kind of like she kind of looks down on people that are kind of happy with the way things are. They're happy with their lot. Interesting. In that passage, she she definitely does. Yeah, that's... I hadn't really thought about that. Yeah, like saying that the colonel has like no genius or no warmth in like how he expresses himself is... That's like actually a really mean thing to say. Like, and it's not true. He's he's such an interesting character with like so much depth of feeling, particularly as you go through the book, like especially where Marianne is concerned in particular, actually. Oh my God, thinking about it right now, it's so mean. Like, the fact that she seems to expect people to be, like, going for the Oscar before she can consider them sincere, it's it's quite limiting, really. Well, you know, she is only 17, you know, she's younger than us. Well, all of us except Katie. And, and like, what is that supposed to mean? Uh, Katie, I don't know, you just, you get very excited when them guitar boys be singing songs about just how broke their hearts be, you know. This is trolling, I am not feeding the trolls, this is not happening... I am not engaging. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I know the, the idea of looking down on other people intellectually, you know, or even like emotionally, like like you're saying, Kleena, it's it's kind of an interesting like opposite counterpoint. Is that wanky to say? <laughs> wanky? Sersha? Dude, who are you and what have you done with Sersha Flannery? Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like it's an interesting counterpoint to the whole like social ranking thing and like that other people of higher social status look down on the girls because of their lack of finances. Like it's it's what stands in the way of Eleanor and Edward getting together. You know, his, his mother and sister won't allow it because she she doesn't have a fortune. Eleanor doesn't have a fortune. Hmm. Yeah, you're right. It is kind of the same 
mechanism, I guess. And it's also like an interesting other side to the Marianne and Willoughby thing. Like Eleanor and Edward say almost nothing to each other about how they feel out of like propriety and shyness and all those things. Whereas Marianne has everything she's been feeling right out there for everyone to see. So from like an outside perspective, Eleanor does better. You know, her health doesn't suffer, whereas Marianne does. You know, like all tragic heroines, her health has to, you know, get thrown into the fire like a whiskey bottle. But uh, like you said, Kleena, she genuinely she being Eleanor, Eleanor genuinely feels like she can't ask for support. Yeah, and I thought that like reading it, you know, you got those counterpoints, like you said, I'll get wanky now as well. Um, but like, it's it just Marianne's approach seemed like real childish. She was like believing a story about these things that were happening to her, whereas like Eleanor it just seemed real, like noble of her keeping all that pain to herself because as time goes on, it's not just the fact that she can't be with Edward. She meets another woman that's like interested in him, like they were saying in the blurb, like Lucy Steele is engaged to him and Eleanor just has to deal with that. She just she just suffers through all that on her own. And Marianne's got her own tragic love story going on and it's in Eleanor's face the whole time. Like she just deals with it herself and she deals with Marianne's issues. She deals with what's going on at home, like making sure that the house is running OK and that everybody else's dramas are dealt with. I just thought that was really like admirable. She didn't want to hurt anyone. She wanted everything to, to be OK while dealing with her own stuff. Do you not think, though, that like eventually she would have had a breakdown? Like, like as it happened, she was able to tell Marianne after a little while what was going on with her and all kind of that was weighing on her mind and everything. But like if she'd kept going with all of that and like things didn't work out for her as as stuff tends to do in, in books like this is my understanding. But like, yeah, she'd carried on indefinitely with all that weighing on her mind. Like no good could have come of it, you know. <laughs> no good could have come of it. You're talking like Jane Austen yourself now. Uh-huh. Shut up, I am not. Ugh. I might endeavour to disagree there, Katrin. You are so embarrassing, seriously. <laughs> but no, no, no. I think you're right, Katie. And like, Marianne was so mad with Eleanor, though, when she found out that she kept it all to herself. Like like we were saying earlier, like Marianne wanted to help her. That's what sisters are for. Like, I don't really get how it's like admirable for Eleanor to keep it all to herself when like people want to help but Marianne would have made it about her. You don't know that. Based on my experience of people like that, it would have happened. Oh, I don't think so. Marianne is a drama queen, all right, but her focus is all outside of herself. You know, Willoughby, Eleanor, Edward, her mother. She seems to think about them all the time and her relationships with those people sort of consume her, you know? It's not like she's, yeah, just thinking about herself and what other people think of her. Actually, Eleanor is a little more like that. Not not that she measures herself by other people's opinions, but, you know, uh, social standing and, and how the family is perceived does take up some space in her mind more than, certainly more than Marianne, who, you know, doesn't enter her head once. Yeah, actually. And there was that other excerpt that we have that I, I don't know if we have time for. Oh, no, we do have time. Um, but yeah, essentially, like, as time goes on, Marianne like makes herself legitimately ill over Willoughby but then she she does learn from it and she she aims herself to to get over it and like actually thinking about it that's 
That's a pretty feminist thing to, to put in a book like this. Yeah, at the time, 100%. And like the same goes for Eleanor, like just getting on with her life while the whole Edward situation is unfolding. Like they do what's necessary to look after themselves without being victims or without being cruel or pious and stuff like like you know the way in like a lot of fairy tale stories there's some old dried up aunt that didn't marry anyone and she's all mean and oh you have to be useful and do things that's the only way a woman should be and like the reason she's like that is because she doesn't have romantic love in her life which is ridiculous I mean there are all kinds of love that exist and heteronormative romantic love is just one tiny part of the spectrum okay folks we, we forgot to inform you that tonight the part of Katie will be played by Saoirse Flannery <laughs> seriously like I, I don't know that I could have put that better like we should make time for yeah no we should definitely talk about that bit where like Marianne puts on her big girl pants and just gets past the all-consuming Willoughby thing yeah yeah no like we I thought we were further along in time-wise than than we are um I've got it here uh Katie do you do you want to do you want to do the honors oh no way you mean it no fooling oh thanks boss <laughs> um oh yeah, yeah 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 I got it thanks um, so yeah, this happens um, after Marianne's return to the cottage after she's been like yeah super sick in London after yeah sort of a showdown with Willoughby and she yeah, loses her mind because she's a tragic heroine person. But yeah, then she yeah she pulls herself out of it. So yeah, this is after that. Um, when the weather is settled and I have recovered my strength, said Marianne, we will take long walks together every day. We will walk to Sir John's new plantations at Barton Cross and the Abbey Land, and we will often go to the old ruins at the Priory and try to trace its foundations as far as we are told they once reached. I know we shall be happy. I know the summer will pass happily away. I mean, never to be later in rising than six, and from that time till dinner I shall divide every moment between music and reading. I have formed my plan and I am determined to enter on a course of serious study. Our own library is too well known to me to be resorted to for anything beyond amusement. But there are many works well worth reading at the park, and there are others of a more modern production which I know I can borrow of Colonel Brandon. By reading only six hours a day, I shall gain in the course of a twelve-month a great deal of instruction which I now feel myself to want. Eleanor honoured her for a plan which originated so nobly as this, though smiling to see the same eager fancy which had been leading her to the extreme of languid indolence and selfish repining. Now at work in introducing excess into a scheme of such rational employment and virtuous self-control. <laughs> like, it's such a small thing, but it's little things like that last line that make the difference between a decent book and, like, a fantastic book, in my opinion. Like, it would be fairly believable that, like, Marianne had a change of heart after her experience with Willoughby, but that line throws in there that it's, you know, it's the same old Marianne, even if she has learned a lot. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, yeah, all the characters were real relatable like that and, like, consistent like that. Like, even, even Willoughby. Yeah, like, like, I kind of get why he was such a prick. And like, and like he was sorry about it too, which I, like, I felt bad for him. And I never felt bad for a total prick before. So that was a new <laughs> experience. God, really, really making the most of the whole no language uh, requirements on, uh, <laughs> now that we're off the radio there, Chloe. You have to find, you know, the good in these trying times, uh, Sarah. It's, it's, it's not easy, but it's there. The things are there if you want to look for them. <laughs> actually, actually, that is a beautiful segue. 
Um, we haven't talked about Easter eggs in books for a while, and, and we wanted to, to bring it in for, for the, the Jane Austen books that we were going to talk about. So, um, yeah, let's look for some hidden stuff. Katie, what do you want folks to be looking out for um, when they read Sense and Sensibility? Again, probably for, for most folks. Yeah, I was thinking about this. Um, the best line in the whole thing, in my opinion, has to do with uh, dead leaves. So, uh, plus it reminds me of that uh, that White Stripes tune. So, um yeah, take a look out for that and then and then listen to White Blood Cells by by the White Stripes because it's awesome. You are just Oh, you seen people thinking you're interesting because you listen to old things. Ugh. Um I was also thinking about this and my favorite thing was it's not really like a lion, but it was like a a, a scene with this with this fella. Um, and, and yeah, at the center of it is a toothpick box, which sounds horrible, if, if I'm honest. Uh, it's he, he whew, lot of requirements for this toothpick box. So keep an eye out for that. Enjoy it. Enjoy it when it shows up. I actually have a, a theory about the, the bloke who was buying that uh, that toothpick box. Oh, really? uh, Chloe, I'll, I'll talk to you about it off, uh, offline. OK. okay. Um, but uh, the my uh, one, I was also thinking about this and um in my opinion, one of the best lines uh, concerns uh, a very handsome set of china that um, is far too handsome for its its owners, uh, according to the to the person delivering that that line. So yeah, keep an eye out for that one. That, I was I was uh, quite tickled by that. Now, <laughs> everybody, you think about this and like come up with one liners for, for. Oh my god, am I the only person that didn't think about this? Um, okay. Um. Well, there's a ring. There's a ring with, with a lock of hair in it, uh, which is kind of gross. But anyway, um, locks of hair were a big thing back then. It's not, yeah, I don't like it. But yeah, that's, that was, I, I, I remember that. So it must have been important to me. I wish I'd come up with a better one. <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> Sergio, calm down. Um, so my one, my one. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I picked it out. Um, it's a hat pin that uh, may or may not attack a child. Oh, yeah. Um, keep an eye out for that. <laughs> that was class. But um, yeah, we're, we're almost out of time here. Um, not that we have a time limit, but um, I can't think of anything else to talk about here. Can, can you guys, any, any, any parting words to, to share with the listening public? Is that, what, is that what they're called? When did you get so bad at this? I don't know, dude. This is weird. I do have something I want to bring up, actually, Sarah. Um, can we take a moment to just appreciate that, like, it was real weird to be bet into a book that didn't have, like, no super roidy leading man? That was that was disconcerting. Edward Ferris doesn't do it for you, no? That is a personal attack, Katie, and I'm taking it as such. Your vocabulary has expanded so much and you've only read, like, this one classic book. Like, seriously. Okay, that's two. That's two. You want to go for a tree? You want to see what happens? <laughs> no, no, like, no. In fairness, like, it's it's a good point, Chloe. Like, it's like the the book. Like, it's it's a love story. It's it's a couple of love stories, but like, it's not really about that. It's about Eleanor and Marianne and like how the experience shaped them more more than anything else. And that's that is pretty cool. That's that's again. It's it's. I didn't expect. 
it to be as feminist a message as as it ended up being. Like that is genuinely what I think sets Jane Austen's work apart in general. Like it's not about making a stand about society, not not primarily. It's not about oh this poor girl is being victimized, you know, but also it's not a fairy tale princess being saved either. They're stories about, you know, middle class girls with with a higher than usual level of awareness. And that higher level of awareness has them question their surroundings, has them question the people around them, and they learn a lot about themselves. And, and that's what we're, we're reading about. You know, it's it's so simple, but but it's it's so rewarding to read. It really, really is. So am I right in saying that we're all super excited to move on to Emma next week? Bring it on, oh, man. Yeah. Like here, is it true that Clueless is based off Emma? You still need to read the book, Chloe. I didn't say I wasn't going to read the book. You are so <laughs> bitch. <laughs> so easy. Oh, so easy. Sorry, Chloe. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> got time for today um, oh dude we'll probably we'll, we'll be bullying chloe some more oh, no. over the rest of the yeah. week uh, here and um we'll we'll keep you informed on that uh, on twitter but, <laughs> but in the meantime yeah. <laughs> <laughs> please uh, yeah follow subscribe leave a review all that stuff tell your mates um thanks thanks so much for listening yeah, cheers you guys, guys. catch bye. you later bye